This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. I love that song so much, and I really appreciate you doing that for us. So I wonder what you got as a message. How is that a resurrection song? To me, the resurrection is all about the light that comes forth when we go inside and we we do the weeding in our garden of, of our being, and we let go of that which is holding us back. We allow ourselves to die to the things that we thought were essential, but were not really essential. It takes courage, and when we do it, a whole world opens up to us. In the song, the singer who jumped in and was thrashed around and went through all kinds of pain and uncertainty and no guarantee that she would live through it. She discovers new constellations that she'd never seen, new islands that are coming up that she had not seen, a whole new world, a whole new life is opening up for us when we let go of that which we think is so important. Back in the first century, Jesus died and rose, but what does that mean? I'll tell you what we know about that, and it's not everything that you read in the Gospels. St. Paul was the one who wrote closest to the time of Jesus. And those letters that he wrote give us information about what the early followers, the people that were around after Jesus died, or potentially knew him in his lifetime. By the time all the Gospels are written, it's at least 60 years after the death of Jesus. Now, think about how well you remember all the things that happened to you 60 years ago assuming that you weren't an infant at that time, how accurately would you write it down? So the Gospels are not, they're not about accuracy and fact. They're about the point that each of those Gospel writers was trying to make, and they involved a particular audience that they were speaking to. So all of those resurrection stories, you know, Mary goes to the tomb and finds him and and the angel and he's walking along beside some people along the way. And, you know, all of those appearances, those are stories. Those are not facts. If they were facts, probably they would have gotten some mention in the epistles that Paul wrote. What we know from the from these writings, these letters, are that Jesus was executed. So Paul always talks about Jesus Christ crucified, and he's emphasizing crucifixion. And the cross was important to the early Christians because crucifixion was reserved for political problems to Rome. So Jesus was stirring up political trouble, and so he was executed. And we know that he rose again, but we don't know what that looks like. 
by the time Paul has his own resurrection experience, it's past what we hear the stories about of how he ascended up into heaven after 40 days. So all of that timing, we don't know about that. What we know is that after he was executed, he continued to have a presence that changed people's lives. So what was that? What was the resurrection experience? Let's back up a little bit to why he was executed. He was not executed because he was a political um, troublemaker. He was executed because there were expectations that he would save the country of Israel, the Jewish people. He would save them. They had been waiting for a Messiah for a long time. And the, there were other would-be Messiahs at that time in history. And they all met a similar fate, crucified. Because the Roman government had a very tight thumb on the people. And they were paying attention. And Passover was a time of the year when people tended to come to Jerusalem. And there was a lot of festivals and just a lot of activity and opportunity for trouble. So it was a time when the city was heavily guarded. And whatever it was that Jesus was doing, we, we looked to his message. He was not somebody who was here to overthrow a government. But that's what was expected of him. And the Romans were used at this point to other people trying that. There was a movement of zealots that were quite active at that point in time. And they were trying to get their power back, which is fine. Okay, they want their power back. That's, I, I'm not knocking them, but that wasn't Jesus' way. Jesus came to say that this kingdom that you want, you want to restore the kingdom of David. It's not going to happen in the material world. The kingdom is something that exists within you. You have to go in, which is the same message the song was saying. You have to go in and find it there. When you look at the situation in the outer world, you're looking in the wrong place. So we all have circumstances that we face as we go through life. We lose a beloved. We lose a job. We, we have health situations that come up. Maybe we lose part of our body. We lose our way and we don't know what we want in life. We lose our sense of purpose. We all lose along the way. And if we look outside of ourselves to find a replacement for what we have lost, we will not find it. The only way we find true life is by going within. This is where we find the power. This is where we find 
our place in the kingdom of heaven. And that's what Jesus was here to tell us. He burst the bonds. It's interesting that Easter falls this year in April, which is the most common time that it falls. And the word April means bursting open. Just like the buds are bursting open. The cocoon is bursting open. Jesus burst open. He let go of this life because he had so much trust in his source, what he called Abba, which means daddy. He had a daddy mommy, that precious closeness. You think about your children when they're little and how close they feel to you and how they trust you so completely. He didn't have a teenager relationship with God. He had a little child relationship, trusting the divine so completely, knowing he could always let go into that, that his job was just to say the truth as he knew it, to shine his light. And as he did that, yes, he got caught up in the Romans' presumptions about him because he was drawing big crowds And who knows what people were saying about him. They probably, the story of Palm Sunday with he's riding in on the donkey and the palm leaves and all of that is great drama. A story that did not happen. You can bet if that had actually happened, he would have been whisked off to the cross immediately because it was a time of year that was heavily guarded. But the when they tell the story, they want to paint the picture of someone who is the Messiah, the one who is coming to save us. And it paints a picture of the people's expectations. But he didn't come to be a savior in the way of, I'm going to take care of this for you. Just like in the song. When she's so filled with joy and light at at this new life she's experienced, everybody's coming to her and saying, how did you do that? Be our our master, teach us, show us. And she's saying, no, 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 I'm not a savior. But I can give you a hint. The only way is go in. It's all inside of you. That's what it means. To find the kingdom of heaven and the life that is there for us is is promised on Easter. We get stuck. We get stuck on the things that we've done wrong. All the milk that's been spilled in our lives. Instead of just wipe it up and move forward. Forgive. That was Jesus' huge message. Forgive yourself for all these experiments that you made in being human. Just allow yourself to rise up to who you could be. Go inside and then rise up. Bring the light out. Don't hold on tight to what has been. Trust that if you go inside, if you go inside, you will find a joy like no other. But you have to be willing 
to face the darkness first. They have silkworms in the in the east, the far east, and the the silkworms when they when they go inside, they're covered by a cocoon that's coarse, and so the silk makers have to sort out the coarse threads, which are not usable from the fine silk inside. And that's how they make the the beautiful garments. We are all filled with coarse threads, mistakes that we have made, suffering, what we have learned. But from that, we also have these fine silken threads of life. And that's what we want to bring up, rise up, and show the world the silken light of our true nature. We are here to make a difference. And we don't make a difference by hanging on to what was. Even as a community, we've shared our vision with you. And even as a community, we're seeing, and and maybe all church communities this is true for as well, it's like one of the things we learned from COVID is we're not going to be able to do church the way we did. We are moving into a whole new century. And in this new century, we need a new way to live our missions. So our mission is to awaken spiritual consciousness and embody love. And we ask ourselves, how do we do that? And I'm not saying we're not going to gather on Sundays. I can't wait to see all of you. And I know that you feel the same. But there has to be more. So we have found our digital ministry as part of this, but there's still more. So when we think about our big vision, we think about this place called the hearth. And and we think about all the groups that can be part of that and, and programs that we can create that are not about Sunday morning, but they are about living our mission. They are about embodying love and opening up the circle to people who maybe are not Sunday morning people. But they are people. They are people who deserve to know love and to find ways to love more. They are people who long, like all people, to awaken. And this is a way that we can reach them. But we have to die to doing it the same old way that we've already done it. And with any change, there's always resistance. And what about each one of you? What is it that you are being called to? If you rise up into your fullness, what do you have to let go of? There's something. What do you have to forgive? What is the spiritual practice that you could embrace that would every day move you forward more and more steadily into the trueness of you? It's easy to say words. It's easy to say, hallelujah. It takes work to go inside, to ride the rapids, to let what is no longer useful and true, to let that go. 
and to rise up. But rise up we must. That is our Easter reminder. And every time you go through and you see the daffodils rising up from the ground and the crocuses and the irises and all the beautiful spring flowers, as you see them rise up, remind yourself, this is what I am here to do. I am here to have a Christ experience. There's a poem by um, a woman from the 14th, 1400s. Her name was Mirabai. She was an Indian saint. And she, she says, I write of that journey. I remember how my mother would hold me. I would look up at her sometimes and see her weep. I understand now what was happening. Love, so strong a force, it broke the cage. And she disappeared from everything for a blessed moment. All actions have evolved from the taste of flight. The hope of freedom moves our cells and limbs. Unable to live on the earth, Mira ventured out alone in the sky. I write of that journey of becoming as free as God. Don't forget love. It will bring all the madness you need to unfurl yourself across the universe. That's what Jesus did. Unfurled across the universe, burst from this human body. He was able to impress himself on those who were following him to the extent that they felt like they had seen him. They felt his presence. They felt like they heard what he was saying to him. They had transformative experiences that were mystical because he had been willing to let go of what he knew, to go through that process, to go in and burst out as pure love. I'm not saying you have to be literally crucified. I do know you will face crosses in your life. I do know you have already faced crosses in your life. But my message to you this Easter morning is trust. Don't be afraid of letting go. Because you will burst forth as the light of who you are because that's what you are. You will rise up and do it with joy. Namaste.